Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am super excited about the conversation that we are about to have. I am joined by Arusalam Alemayo with Alemayo Law. She is an immigration lawyer here in the city. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, Linda. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for joining us. So some of you might be wondering, what does real estate and immigration law have to do with each other? Well, the reason why we're here and we're having this conversation is we're here to discuss the new federal um, prohibition act that was passed January of this year. I don't know if many of you know, but before January of this year, there were no restrictions to buying in Canada in terms of immigration status, mm. residency, anyone from anywhere could buy property in Canada. All they had to do was show proof of funds, or if they needed a mortgage, they just had special mortgage requirements that they needed to qualify for. As of this year, we are now seeing restrictions that have been put in place, where now you either have to be a citizen or a permanent resident, or a few other exceptions that will allow you to be able to purchase property in Canada. I wonder if I can pass it on to you, Jerusalem, for you to be able to speak more on the restrictions and exceptions. Yeah, thanks, Linda. So there are very important definitions to understand who this prohibition applies to and actually have the legislation here. So I'm just going to read it off here for you. Perfect. So um, as you noted, this prohibition applies to non-Canadians, which is basically um, anyone who is... Uh, not a Canadian citizen, or not a permanent residence. Uh, this actually also applies to corporations. So corporations that are not incorporated uh, under the laws of Canada, or might be a Canadian corporation, but their shares are not listed on a Canadian stock exchange, um, and uh, the corporation is controlled by a non-Canadian. As you also noted, there are exceptions to um, the prohibition, and uh, specifically... Uh, temporary residents within the meaning um, uh, in the Immigration and Refugee Protection Act. So these include international students, uh, international students who have been in Canada for the last five years, have uh, filed income taxes, um, and who have also uh, been present in Canada for at least 244 days in each of the five years that they have been in Canada. Uh, Temporary foreign workers as well are able to purchase property. So if they hold a work permit uh, or are authorized to work in Canada and they have at least 183 days left to work in Canada, to be authorized to work in Canada, for both of these people, they can only purchase one residential property. And specifically for international students, the purchase price can't exceed $500,000. So we have temporary residents, uh, protected persons, which are people who have received refugee protection here in Canada, are able to purchase residential property. Uh, individuals who are non-Canadian, but they have a spouse or a common law partner who is a Canadian citizen or Canadian permanent resident and who buys a property with them jointly uh, also can buy residential property. Okay. Um, as of today, November 17th, uh, foreign nationals who hold a diplomatic or consular passport can purchase residential property. Uh, as of today as well, uh, foreign nationals uh, who fall under uh, a public policy uh, consideration uh, by the Canadian government can buy residential property. So, for example, 
Um, in the past, Canada has created special immigration measures for people in Afghanistan. And so those people um, who uh, were fleeing the country for a safe haven here in Canada were able to purchase residential property. And finally, as of today, November 17, uh, persons that have not received refugee protection status yet, but they've made a claim and that claim is eligible, are also able to buy residential property. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that synopsis, for that summary. And as you can hear, um, there is huge relevancy in immigration law when individuals who are not citizens yet are considering buying property in Canada to make sure that they qualify. So I wonder if you could uh, take a little bit of time in introducing your firm, yourself, um, and why someone would need an immigration lawyer to assist them in this process. Sure. So uh, as you noted, I'm an immigration lawyer. I've been practicing for over two years now. Um, I was working at a boutique law firm and recently opened Alamayo Law, which is a solely immigration and refugee law practice. Uh, I work on all kinds of applications. So I help temporary residents, permanent residents, people looking to apply for citizenship uh, or refugee protection. Um, and I specialize in application refusals. Uh, so people who have received um, a no from the government, I, I love helping people figure out what their options are moving forward, including whether we need to um, challenge a decision by the government, um, either appeal it or go to the Federal Court of Canada. So that's my practice. Um, and that's also a really great question. It's a question I get asked a lot, which is, why do I need an immigration lawyer? Um, to honestly answer that question, you don't need an immigration lawyer. Uh, lots of people immigrate to Canada without the assistance of an immigration lawyer. Mm -hmm. But I would say there are many benefits to having an immigration lawyer. Uh, for, for one, you know, uh, an immigration application that has been prepared by um, an immigration lawyer may hold a certain... Um, may get uh, special attention um, upon mm -hmm. consideration, um, may alert an immigration officer that, you know, this is a, a, a well put together application mm -hmm. and, 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 and they may be inclined to consider it more seriously. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'd say that's the first uh, benefit of having immigration lawyer. Uh, a second is, you know, applying for immigration in Canada can become very complex especially for individuals who have very complex situations. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of immigration applications have nuances to them, have very specific requirements, and uh, you need to prove that you meet those requirements in very specific ways. Right. And so it helps having a, a professional who's done many of these kinds of applications to help you understand exactly what you need, how to prove you meet their requirements. Uh, for me, I like to write letters for my clients. Um, I like to tell their story. So to give the immigration officer a, a, a strong idea of who they are, where they come from. And I also like to lay out exactly how they meet their requirements mm -hmm. and cite the specific documents that prove they meet those requirements. So it's another benefit of having an immigration lawyer is um, having a very clear put together application that is more likely to be accepted. Yeah. And I love how you, you know, you so honestly made the distinction that you don't necessarily 
you don't necessarily need an immigration lawyer, but the benefits are that you have a professional who knows the legislation, who understands the complexities of the law. And when that application is submitted, um, and it's submitted by a lawyer, there is a there is a certain weight that could be given to that application um, compared to if they didn't have that professional representation, maybe. Um, one of the things that you you mentioned, I also I also wanted to highlight, you mentioned that you work with a lot of refusals. Were those refusals individuals who potentially didn't have professional representations at first? Yeah, great question. A lot of people, yes, they um, they applied without any assistance, and um, a lot of the times, actually, people have missed something. Uh, maybe they applied for the wrong program, so maybe they are eligible for immigration in Canada, but uh, they should have applied through a different program. So I do see that a lot. Mm-hmm. I also see a lot um, people who got representation, but um, this person wasn't a very good professional, um, did a very poor job in Mm. preparing the application Mm -hmm. that happens quite frequently actually and so um, that's a big part of what I'm passionate about is um, helping people understand you know what what a good professional is Mm -hmm. what to look out for Um, in Canada there are two types of representatives that are authorized to represent applicants Um, immigration lawyers who are uh, members of good standing with their law societies and uh, registered consultants with the yes. College of okay. Consultants. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to see, make sure that they are on the directory of either of those uh, groups. And if they're not, they're probably not a professional you should be working with. Right. Yes. So it would be very important for individuals to do their due diligence before Absolutely. sourcing out a professional. Absolutely. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, one of the other things that you mentioned was that you really like to draw out the stories of your clients and um, be able to kind of bring light their human experience mm-hmm. with their application. And I love that you said that because oftentimes when we hear about immigration and when we hear about real estate, even it's a lot of stats mm-hmm. and trends and numbers. And sometimes you people can miss the fact that behind these statistics behind these trends there are people and families and dreams and aspirations and you are able to really kind of focus your application on the stories and the potential that these individuals are bringing into into Canada yeah absolutely I think on both sides I think both on the um myself as an immigration lawyer writing my client's story and the immigration officer on the other side reading my application Uh, it's easy to forget that this is a human being with a real story. Mm -hmm. And so that's a big part of what I love doing is humanizing the application and and helping the immigration officer understand who this person is, where they come from, and and evoke compassion in them as well. I think we, as immigration lawyers, sometimes underestimate the power of uh, really evoking compassion in an application. It, It can make a world of a difference. Yes. Huge. Yes. So now when you think about the individuals that you have had the honor to help Mm -hmm. um, and the the goals and the dreams that you help them to attain, particularly when it pertains to them moving to Calgary, we both live and work in Calgary. I know your clients are um, in different places and sometimes my clients are too. What have you seen is the draw to our city for those that you are helping to land here? Why? Calgary. 
Yeah. So um, recently, Al- Alberta uh, released uh, new immigration programs to attract people that work in tech. And so a lot of people are coming to Calgary uh, to work in, in the tech industry. Um, and it's really easy for them to immigrate to Alberta now with these new programs. So I'd say that's number one, um, as well as we've seen from COVID times and even post-COVID, the importance of our healthcare system and and the burden that is on the healthcare system. And so a lot of people are gaining um, residents here in Canada to uh, support the healthcare system here. Besides those two things, I think Calgary is just a great place to live. Uh, I grew up in Calgary my whole life and I love it here. I I lived in Toronto for some time and ended up moving back to mm-hmm. Calgary. That's how much I love it. Yes. So I definitely understand why people love it. I mean, there's everything that you need here, um, entertainment, good yes. food. Uh, it's a great place to raise a family as well. And so I think all of those things uh, make Calgary very attractive. Yeah. And I would, I would agree with you. We offer a lot. There's a huge potential that our city offers, especially when you compare it to the more expensive markets from a real estate perspective. I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of individuals choose Calgary because mm-hmm. it's a large municipality that has those amenities and the infrastructure. Mm-hmm. But the price points are still more affordable compared yeah. to the Vancouver's and the Toronto's yeah. of Canada, yeah. um, as well as just um, the growth potential that we have. Mm-hmm. So if somebody were looking to enter... Um, Canada enter Calgary by way of employment, mm-hmm. whether it's tech or healthcare. How would that process look like for them in working with you in securing um, residency or status as a as an as an employee or as a worker in Canada? Yeah, great question. So Canadian work experience is actually very valuable to gaining permanent residence here mm-hmm. in Canada, and you can get Canadian work experience in a variety of ways. Uh, For example, um, and it's actually a a route that not a lot of people consider, but coming to Canada as an international student can be a great start towards permanent residence. Um, So international students who um, are in study programs that are at least eight months long um, are full-time students. Uh, can actually apply for a post-graduation work permit upon graduation. Wonderful. And having that work permit, you can work in Canada. And there's a specific uh, immigration program here in Alberta where once you get six months of work experience holding this post-graduation work permit, you can apply for permanent residence, assuming you meet all the other eligibility requirements. Okay. So... That's one really great way. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're already in Canada with work authorization, again, that Canadian work experience is valuable. There are many permanent residence permanent residence programs, mm-hmm. both at the federal and provincial level, that uh, value Canadian work experience and yes. um, that mark that as a requirement. Yeah. And even as I'm hearing you speak, I can understand the value of having an understanding of all the different programs and why it's so important for you to be able to draw out their individual stories, to be able to pinpoint which program would be best for them. Yes. You mentioned the six-month program was unique to Alberta. Yes. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm mostly familiar with the ones in Alberta, but mm-hmm. there are so many, and, and yes. you're right, um, there's so many programs uh, all over Canada at the provincial level uh, that um, uh, provide options for international students. Yes. Um, Ontario's another great province um, to start your 
uh, journey towards permanent residence. And so that is one of the things I tell my clients is it's good to have a plan before you come to Canada Mm -hmm. and get an understanding of where you want to live. I think that's the primary thing is where in Canada do you want to live, considering all things. And then look at that specific province or provinces and see what your options are. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. I like how you really work towards setting them up for success, allowing them to understand the importance of creating a plan and then being able to point them in the right direction based on where they're telling you they're hoping to land or where they're hoping to settle. Yes, a plan is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk to a lot of people who are already in Canada um, who didn't have a plan and find themselves in really difficult circumstances. And those are the situations that are a little harder to get out of. Mm-hmm. Um, you you will never regret making a plan uh, for anything in life. Yes. <laughs> yes. So and including immigration. So mm-hmm. I love it. Um, I love speaking to clients who haven't started their journey yet and um, love working with them to create that plan, whatever their goal is. For some people, it is just to come to Canada on a temporary basis and then return to their country. Right. Um, but for some people, it is. Per- uh, permanent residence, excuse me, uh, and citizenship. Yes. So um, it's really helpful to have that plan beforehand. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I love how you say, like, you love speaking to people before the process begins. And I, th- I can relate to that as well as a real estate agent as well. Sometimes people approach us thinking that they need to be reaching out at the point of action. Mm. They're ready to buy a house and they want to maybe, maybe move in within a few months. And that's when they reach out. Or they're already here and now they're working towards finalizing permanency and then that's when they reach out. And that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. We can still absolutely step in and help at that point. I want to speak more to the individuals who maybe think it's too early to reach out. Maybe Mm -hmm. they feel like they can't reach out at this point. The importance of being able to speak to a professional very early because that professional can then come alongside you Mm -hmm. and help you prepare. If buying a home is one, two years away, if moving to Canada is one to two years away, if applying for university is one to two years away or Mm -hmm. even more, Mm -hmm. there can be a huge benefit of being able to speak to a professional early on Mm -hmm. to know what to expect and being able to kind of plan that way. Even on the mortgage side of things, there are um, newcomer programs that some lenders offer that is hugely beneficial for individuals to be aware of. And if they reach out early, they'll know exactly how to prepare for that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, tell me a little bit about what your work looks like when you are working with people out of the country Mm -hmm. who are not here yet. Mm -hmm. So the nice thing about um, LMIO Laws, it's a completely remote law firm. So um, we do most things virtually. I meet with clients uh, by video, WhatsApp, Microsoft Teams. Uh, So uh, that allows me to connect with anyone um, all over the world. Uh, Yes. So um, actually, most of my clients are not in Canada. And uh, it's, it's really cool. I've been able to help people in Africa, um, Asia, wow. uh, Europe, South America. Um, and so, yes. Yeah, so, and uh, the other thing, too, is with immigration applications, uh, I want to say 99% of them are now online. Mm-hmm. So uh, everything is online now. And, yes. um, you know, we I can um, get documents from my clients by email um, and then the, the last thing is with COVID, 
a lot of rules have been relaxed. So right. when it comes to virtual signing, commissioning, I can do all of those things remotely. Yes, that is true. With 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 what's happened with COVID, they have it has necessitated a lot of things to be able to be done virtually, yeah. um, and that also gives access to um, facilitate transactions, legal transactions, real estate transactions across borders and oceans, and it allows you to have access to a lot of individuals, and they would have access to you. So when it comes to that connection, if somebody were to reach out to you and require assistance, whether in planning their next steps, maybe they haven't started the immigration process, but they want to, or they already have, what can they expect when they reach out to you? What is your process in supporting them and determining what would be the best steps for them to take next? Yeah, so the first step is to have a conversation uh, just to get to know each other. Um, it's an opportunity for me to get to know my clients, but also my clients to get to know me mm-hmm. um, and to understand their situation and understand exactly what their options are. And for a lot of people, um, a conversation is enough. And so I'm able to equip them with the information that they need and they go on their way. Sometimes clients will say, you know what, I, I'd like some support on this next step. And so after that, um, I become a representative on their file and I'm able to support them with whatever application they need. Wonderful. And I like that you, you know, you take the time to get to know them. You get the time to get to know their dreams and their aspirations and what their goals are. And they have an opportunity to get to know you too. Exactly. To decipher if it's a good step, to be able to determine um, how you would be able to help them and what your process looks like. And so as we draw to a close now, um, I would like to kind of pivot and kind of speak about your dreams and your aspirations with what you've created and what you've decided to start. You could have decided to stay um, with a law firm, but you chose very intentionally to create something. um, And it was because there was a vision and a goal behind it. Tell Mm -hmm. us more about that. Sure. So like you said, I, I was working at a firm, you know, I was mostly happy, but um, I got to a point where I felt like I could do more. And I had had exposure to everything and started to realize what kind of applications I really liked doing. And I started to grow a heart for specific groups of people that I wanted to support. Mm-hmm. Um, people who are here as workers, international students, um, vulnerable groups, uh, refugees, women facing violence. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, you know, how how can I p- put myself in a place to be able to just do that kind of work? Mm-hmm. And so the next step felt like uh, starting my own firm. And, you know, it was a really scary decision. I never imagined I would be a business owner. Yes. Um, I always wanted to just work one job be really good at that job and then retire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I knew it would be something new. I knew the road ahead of me was uncertain. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't have that security of, you know, living paycheck to paycheck and, and having a, a secure job. But I, I, I felt like if I didn't do this now, I might never do it. Mm-hmm. And I spoke to my husband about it and I told him, hey, you know, I, I'm, I really want to do this. And he was incredibly supportive. Aww. And so I did it. And it's been such an amazing journey uh, to see how 
things have worked out and really uh, honestly like how God has provided mm-hmm. um, in so many ways. All the things that I was worried about, you know, he's accomplished those things. Mm-hmm. Um, he's brought people into my life to support me and he's brought clients from all over the world yes. that I can help and, and the kinds of clients that I've been really, really um, hoping to help. Mm-hmm. So I really believe the dreams that I've you know, been able to see, um, come to pass now are are really his dreams. And, um, it's been an opportunity for me to exercise my faith and, um, just really understand the, the depth of God's love. Yes. Yes. It's more than a job for you. And I hope those of us, those of you who are listening caught that it's more than a job. When I'm hearing, when you speak, it's a passion it's a calling as a Christian. I can relate to this idea of doing something bigger than yourself in partnership with a God who is bigger than you for the benefit and for the blessings of others. And so you took a step and you decided to create your own firm so that you would be able to really do something that brought meaning to the individuals that you supported, but also brought meaning to what you did. It's more than a job for you. It's a passion that you have. It's this advocacy that you have. And I think, and I think that's really huge. Sometimes when you look at the professionals that you hire, Mm -hmm. it's not just a title that you're hiring, right? It's, it's, there's something behind it there that drives them. For some people, it is just, you know, it's their source of work and it's a paycheck and we all have jobs for a reason right but when you can find somebody especially when it's something like immigration that's such a life-changing experience or at least it can be Mm -hmm. when you find somebody who has a passion um for what they do and who has a drive to really bring your story to life and your dreams to life that's Mm -hmm. that's very special so when we close off today how will people be able to reach you afterwards where are you available online if people want to hear more about you and more about what you do how can they reach you um so i have a website ialem-law.ca and so people can book a meeting directly with me Uh, they can get to learn a little bit more about me and and why i'm why i do what i do uh, I'm also on social media, um, Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn. I just started a TikTok page, which I'm really loving. I get to share information about immigration and nice. I engage with a huge audience. Yes. And I also have a blog where I, I uh, post regularly on immigration news um, and immigration topics that are relevant to my clients. Wonderful. Arusalam, thank you so much for joining today. See you next time, everybody. Take care.